As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. This is The Drop, and it's Friday, June 10th. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the yard, and alongside me, thanks to the power of technology, we got Tess Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tess? Joining us from Boston, a beautiful hotel room, Top Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Also in Boston, the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. And filling in for JD, it's OKC superfan Andrew Schlecht. What's up, Andrew? One more time in the yard, boys. Ah, one more time. One more time. This is already your second podcast of the day, you said, before we went live. That's true. That's true. We did an episode of Down to Dunk early this morning. My God. At like 6 a.m. He tasks, tasks. Andrew and the Down to Dunk crew, they go live every Friday for the last 11 years at 6 a.m. in the morning. That's unbelievable. It's it's the only time that works for the boys. It's the time. Respect. Yeah. Respect. Uh, Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Got my stream team shirt on here today. Uh, Subscribe, like, comment, share the show. If you want no dunks gear like this stream team shirt go to no dunks.com send in your questions to no dunks at the athletic.com we're always looking for those we're actually gonna hit the beach a little bit later in today's drop podcast and uh if you need something else this afternoon while you're getting ready for game four tonight i highly suggest you fire up yesterday's popping packs with special <laughs> guest john schumann who looks confused maybe downright angry with uh lee ellis and his shades there uh but popping packs yesterday afternoon uh lee lee having a blast with shoot in there ah yeah shoom's always great he always likes to play that sort of uh villain slash heel role when he comes on one of our shows and um played it perfectly there yesterday so uh a lot of fun to see the old shoom's and pop some packs he was great I saw somebody in the YouTube comments uh, compared John Schumann's relationship to us to that of Zach Morris and A.C. Slater. They're friends, (laughs) but they're also a little bit rivals and they got to keep each other in check. (laughs) I I guess that makes us the preppies. 
Mm. I like that. Yeah. Uh, did you drop a, a Newman-like Schumann when you saw him, <laughs> Lee? I never got that up there. Every yeah. single yeah. time I see him. Hello, yeah. Schumann. Schumann. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. All right. Well, check out Poppin' Packs. Uh, what was that, like uh, 25 minutes of fun there? Uh, Lee testing Schumann's knowledge when it comes to uh, old basketball players. And then I think you did at the end uh, pop uh, some contemporary packs. Yeah. 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 Schumann okay. actually was a little disappointed with his own performance there yesterday. Mm-hmm. He thought he uh, had a... You know, had a few mind blanks there for a while. So I thought, all right, I'll uh, give him a little easy one, a bit of a treat here to close out the show. And uh, he did much better there. But, uh, okay, good. He got Luke Kennard. Uh, well, just. No. It took him, yeah, it took him no. a while to get Luke Kennard, but uh, we got there at the end. Spoiler alert. Apologies for that. Uh, okay. So let's get into the drop here. Like I said, we'll hit the beach later. We got tweet of the night. We got rapid fire fun, but we're talking finals game four tonight. The guys are still in Boston. Uh, they'll be in attendance down at the TD garden, but I got some big questions for you guys. And Tass, I want you to get started. And look, I mean, this might sound like a simple question, but I think you could go a number of different ways with it. What is the biggest reason you think that the Celtics are up to one in the finals test? Well, the biggest reason is they're getting offensive production from more of their guys. And the reason that's happening is because Tatum isn't hogging the ball. Uh, Tatum had 13 assists and nine assists in the wins. And I think because they're winning, it's kind of flying under the radar that Jason Tatum's not having a good series shooting the ball. He's at 34% for the series. That ain't good. And even if you factor in his three-point shooting, his, his true shooting percentage is only 48%. But because he's distributing and not taking all the shots himself, like he did last year against the Brooklyn Nets, if you remember, five-game series, he shot more, scored more. Uh, but he's grown, and his team is more dangerous now. Jalen Brown didn't play in that series. And he's getting everyone in the rotation involved. There's five guys scoring between 13 and 23 points. That's way more than the Warriors are getting. They're just getting it from a, a bunch of different guys. Uh, Jalen Brown's their leading scorer, their steadiest scorer. And uh, yeah, that, that's that's sort of a sign of uh, a, a great team these days where your weakest link uh, has to be extremely strong. And right now they're going seven deep and uh, they're playing really, really well. While the Warriors are kind of top heavy. It's, it's, it's Steph Curry and guys who haven't produced enough. And I know they're comparing themselves right now to their 2015 finals team where they were down 2-1 to the Cavs and, and they're saying to themselves, all right, we can do this. And that's totally possible. They can come out and win tonight and get production from a few guys. But right now they kind of resemble that Cavs team. I know it's a bit of a, a, a dirty uh, connection to make, but if you remember that Cavs team, because Kyrie and Kevin Love went out, it was LeBron and Timofey Mozgov and Matthew Delvadova and Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert, and they could barely play six guys. Uh, but right now, it's like Curry is LeBron uh, producing, and they're not getting enough from the rest of the team. While Clay got going in Game 3, and they could easily turn this thing around uh, in Game 4. Uh, but right now, it's just because the Celtics are getting way more production up and down their roster. Oh, so the Celtics going with strength in numbers, just stealing it mm. from the Warriors here in the series. I agree with that. It's a great take. Uh, what would you go with, Trey? Same thing, something else. Why are they up to one? Well, the Celtics have definitely been a steadier team, I do think, in this series so far. And they're getting more consistent production from the top to the bottom of their rotation. My go-to stat uh, coming into the finals was just pay attention to the field goal attempts. After three games, the Celtics have a two-field goal attempt lead. And I think that's actually kind of indicative of what's been going on in the series. 
They've done a pretty great job of taking care of the ball. I think only 12 turnovers in game three forced the Warriors into 16. Uh, and I would imagine that a bunch of those Celtics turnovers came during the second and third quarter where they were kind of getting a little bit away from what was working the best. But they've done a pretty good job of staying in control. And they've done a really good job of limiting Looney on the offensive glass, of limiting Draymond's impact on the offensive glass. Wiggins hasn't had a huge rebounding game yet in this series. So the Celtics are doing a good job of keeping their own possessions and then ending the Warriors' possessions when it actually comes down to it rather than, you know, getting beat on the glass the way that uh, the way that the Warriors were able to do the, to the Grizzlies, then eventually to the Mavericks. They've been able to keep the math in their favor to the point where even if the Warriors are getting great shooting performances from Steph and Clay, they're able to counteract it by getting points inside, by getting... Uh, paint points by by scoring two-point field goals, I think has been good. So the Celtics have done a really good job of playing maybe their tightest series yet, like uh, their most together and consistent and just well-thought-out series. They had a different game plan in game three. Obviously, they knew where the help was going to be coming from and how to attack that from the Warriors. So I think they've done a really good job of probably playing their smartest series yet to date, their most consistent series, even though we've seen some weird quarter-to-quarter quarter fluctuations, no doubt, in these games. Over the course of three whole games, it feels like the Celtics have been able to be the more consistent team, and that's bearing out in the hustle points and the little tiny extra possessions here and there. Yeah, absolutely. Anything to add, Lee? What's the biggest reason why uh, Boston's up to one? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a combination of both what Tass and Trey are saying there. I, I think overall the Celtics, I mean, you go back, game one feels like it was a year ago, it was a week ago when Al Horford had the six threes. You know, Marcus Smart has been great. Jalen Brown's had obviously his great moments. And Tatum, without having to necessarily dominate in a, in a way where he has to go out there and get 35, 40 points, I think he's just been really, really steady for his team, being the best player on that team, being a leader and, you know, really just being there. Even if his shot's not falling, he's been contributing in so many other ways. And I also think, and again, I noticed this more probably just being in person there for game three, when that, that Warriors starting lineup, outside of, of course, Steph and Clay, and Clay hadn't been shooting the ball all that well to this point, that ball on offense, it's like Looney standing around waiting for the scraps. Draymond doesn't want to shoot it. So Steph, it's like, all right, I have to do everything here. And the Celtics are just so ready for that. Now, Steph's still been very good. You're not going to ever sh shut him down completely, but he's having to work so incredibly hard on the offensive end. And then on the defensive end, he's been in foul trouble. He's in foul trouble there in, a, in game three. And the Celtics, I think, have been trying to take uh, full advantage of that by knowing that, you know, his defense is is overrated in the sense that people are saying he's, he's a terrible defender. He's not a terrible defender, Steph, but certainly on that lineup, he's the one that teams try to target a little bit more than other players. And, and that's what the Celtics did. Uh, added to that, when he did have the foul trouble there, Marcus Smart, Tatum, all of those guys went in. The, the stat there from Kirk Goldsbury, the, the uh, Celtics were 10 for 14 when Steph was a primary defender. So uh, Imo Odoka, I think, has done a fantastic job here in trying to just exploit matchups and then on the defensive end, make guys like Steph and Clay just work so hard for their points because they can live with the other guys trying to beat them because they simply don't have that uh, offensive punch or that uh, extra sort of step that they can go to, which, which is funny with the Warriors. We know from this entire run here over the last seven or eight years, it always feels like they can just get out and transition and run and rain three-pointers, but it hasn't really been the case in this series so far. So, so the Celtics have just done a, a much better job. They're the team, to me, honestly, through three games who have looked more experienced than uh, than the Golden State Warriors, which is uh, a shocking thing to sort of think going into this series. What Certainly, I thought the Warriors' historical uh, you know, experience would have really come into play, but so far I haven't seen that. We'll get to talking about like 
potential Warriors adjustments, what Kerr might do differently here in game four. We'll do that in a second. I am curious, though. I don't think I've asked you this yet, especially after the game three win. Trey or Lee, I mean, I'll start with you, Trey. Like, what is the vibe in the city right now? Or like, are, are the Beantown boys and Celtics fans like pretty confident that they're uh, on their way to winning their 18th title here? Or are they, you know, still a little reserved because it is the Warriors? Like, what what is the feeling, I guess, in the city right now? People are pretty excited uh, with the way Game Three went. That the that the Celtics came out and really, you know, they looked great in the fourth quarter, particularly after the Warriors had that big third to immediately bounce back at the start of the fourth quarter. Three straight turnovers from Curry, and the the game was almost over by the nine minute mark in the fourth quarter, and it looked like it was going to be a super competitive game. Uh, so, I mean. Confident, I would say. They've got another home game tonight. A crucial game four. A must win for the Warriors, definitely. And it'll be interesting to see if the Celtics are able to withstand withstand a Warriors team that's going to certainly bounce back tonight. You're going to get your best Draymond Green since at least game two. He'll probably play pretty similarly to game two, bringing the edge and, uh, you know, maybe going a little bit over the limit at times. But I think the Celtics are feeling pretty good getting the game three win puts you ahead statistically, you're getting your 80% win rate or whatever it may be. Yeah. So they got to be feeling pretty good, especially knowing they're going to come back and at least have a game six here should things, uh, should the series continue to be extended. But, you know, you could argue that the Celtics haven't even played incredibly well in all these games. Like Tass is saying, Tatum has been a great playmaker. He has not been a super efficient scorer yet. There's still a big game coming out there. Then you look at what the Warriors did in game three. Big games from Steph and Clay, and they still took the loss. So it feels like the Warriors have fewer adjustments to make just because they have a fewer number of players you could come into. So Celtics fans should be feeling pretty good with the way things have gone so far. Lee, you're a man of the people. Are the people pumped? People are pumped. Yes, they definitely are. <laughs> uh, they're they're enjoying their time right now because uh, they're, they've got that, hey, no one believed in this uh, sort of slogan as well here, like, ah, uh, we just had to do it to us against the world, uh, but they're in a really good position. And uh, yeah, I mean, everyone was in a party mood. Everyone was uh, pretty excited. And then to go out there and get the you know convincing win in game three, I think they're going to be uh, pretty excited tonight. They're going to be turned, uh, I think, tonight for uh, for game four. Uh, but, you know, uh, again, the Warriors, it's, it's impossible to sort of think that this series is over because you just know yeah. that Golden State has got another punch here. They've, they've been there before. They've been down in the finals. So... Uh, they do know, you know, that they can uh, they can still come out and, and uh, you know, come back in this one. For sure. All right, let's get to the next question. It's one you're seeing everywhere. It's always fun to talk about. Finals MVP favorite. Uh, Trey, you get us started. Who is the front runner right now in, in this series? That's a tough call, Skeets. You know, we've been doing the Russell Watch, the Brownlow Medal reveal for our <laughs> votes after every every one of these games on the Instant Reacts pods. And when we were breaking down the math of it after game three, we've got Curry with four votes, Tatum with four votes, Jalen Brown with three, Horford for three after the huge game one, Jordan Poole for, with two, and Marcus Smart with two as well, picking up a couple of votes there. That bears out pretty well with what the betting odds look like over at BetMGM. I think we've got Jason Tatum as the slight favorite over Steph Curry, which makes sense since the Celtics are in the lead in the series right now. I don't know. I personally, I think, would have Brown over Tatum in the Celtics voting. You know, if the Celtics go on to take the series right now, I think Brown is a little bit ahead. He's had a kind of interesting series, having some massive first quarters and then, you know, a lesser production through the final three, but still putting up 24 a game, leading the Celtics in score. 23 a game, sorry, leading the Celtics in scoring right now has been great defensively as well. 
His his uh, percentages have been a little bit better than Tatum, but Tatum is seeing, you know, the number one defender. Tatum is seeing the schemes schemed against him, and he's doing a great job of getting off the, off the ball, like Tass said, and ma- being a playmaker for his team. So I don't know. I mean, Curry's the guy if the Warriors come back and win it, no doubt about right. it. I would say lock that in. But you can definitely see, I think there are seven voters, right, for NBA Finals MVP. Imagine this. Step, imagine the, the Celtics win. Curry gets a vote because maybe he's been the best player in the series, you know, similar to a LeBron vote back in 2015. And then the other six votes. What (laughs) if those split between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Mm. Can you split the finals MVP? They've both been the best player during the Celtics wins during different quarters. Like Tatum really brought him home down the stretch in uh, in game three. Brown was massive at the start of game three to, to, to get the huge lead for the Celtics. So. I don't know if they would allow that, a split decision there, but it feels like those two Beantown boys would earn it. That's why you have two incredible stars like that, to pick up the slack for each other. Tass, what do you, what do you think? How would you uh, rank them right now? We showed you the odds there. It is uh, it is Tatum, incredibly, I actually think a little bit I agree with Trey, uh, significantly uh, more favored to win right now than Brown. It's very close in my eyes, but where would you go? Well, I like betting odds. Nobody wants to bet on the favorite. That's no fun, really. Uh, so, yeah, Tatum, I guess he's in the driver's seat. The fact that he's got worse stats, except for assists, really, than uh, Jalen Brown. Uh, but uh, he is yeah the, the leader in terms of odds. It's no fun to bet for the favorite, though. So I think you bet on Curry. And for odds purposes, you take uh, Jalen Brown as well. Got to do it, and and then you may, and then let's say you put a hundred on Steph Curry, you win two hundred dollars. It's plus two hundred. You put a hundred on Jalen Brown, you win three hundred dollars right there. So you're you're hedging yourself. I think you hedge yourself. You go Steph and Jalen Brown because it's no fun to bet on the plus one fifteen Jason Tatum. Uh, but I, I guess like Trey is saying, uh, when it comes down to the the nine voters, I think it is nine votes oh, okay. sitting. Those guys, yeah. But it could be easily be yeah. Somebody goes. Steph on the losing team, uh, it, it's it's bound to happen. Maybe have like one one person, and then it could oh, easily hold be hold on. Split. Nobody's voting Steph for Finals MVP unless it's like a seven game series. I think right. Like if the Celtics yeah, win in five or six, series. I think that's a bit of a stretch to give it even to Curry, despite being maybe the best player. It's got to be a really tight series, wouldn't it? Eleven yes. voters. It turns out actually. Oh, by the time we get to the yeah. with this podcast, it'll be fifty-one voters. But it's always That's an odd crazy. number, so yeah. it could still yeah. happen. But is yeah. uh, is Hubie one of the voters of this year? Do we know? Because that means that means it's going to be Al Horford or someone who gets his vote. Right. So Marcus uh, yeah. Smart or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Tatum or Brown won't get then the four or the five remaining votes. One of them's going to uh, that role play. Maybe even a Robert Williams might get a vote there from Hubie. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, I, it doesn't really matter at this point. I think uh, if the Celtics do win this in in five or six games here. Uh, it, 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 both guys have a very, very strong case, and maybe it just comes down to who plays better in the uh, in the closeout game. It could be something yep. as simple as that. Uh, I think they've both been fantastic. I think Jalen Brown probably has had a few more highlight plays as far as the big dunks and, and blocks and things like that. But I think Tatum, as far as uh, overall, you know, I, I talked a lot about it yesterday. I just think he still has shown a lot of leadership out there and really been good, even though his shot isn't falling. So 
Um, you know, I think that maybe is why he's still in this box position, uh, box seat here, because it's like, well, he's he's the all NBA guy on the team there, so he should be the favorite to win it. But uh, be pretty interesting to see how it do- how it does play out, especially considering how many games we go. Could could Steph? I mean, he couldn't win it in less than seven anyway, could he? If they no, do- if they don't no win, way. no yeah. way. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so. No, think, no, it, no, it could. Yeah. But that, but that's the thing that it's only him who could win it for the Warriors. Whereas the Celtics yeah. do yeah. have uh, two strong guys, and well, that's all. It's, it's going to be one of those three anyway. So yeah, and the reason I think uh, Jason Tatum is in the box seat as well is because the Warriors are putting their best defender on him, and Andrew Wiggins and Jalen Brown's getting a softer defender a lot of the time uh, with uh, Clay Thompson and. Uh, that could be an adjustment tonight where we see Draymond Green 100% of the time on Jalen Brown, but Andrew Wiggins is doing a good job on Jason Tatum. It's less than 31% that he's allowing Jason Tatum to shoot. Uh, so it's a bit of a, hey, you get our best defender, and yeah, he Tatum is the best player on that team. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of like, uh, eh, we'll give it to him, even though uh, Jalen Brown has been great. But yeah, there is the factor that Tatum's the closer and Jalen Brown's the opener. I also think, like Trey was alluding to, Vegas is assuming Tatum could have a huge still monster game in him here. Wiggins are not uh, on him. You, you know, we've seen it before in the playoffs from this guy, despite being so young. There could be easily a 40-point game in him, uh, which would then vault him up uh, as a favorite, or at least they still have him as a favorite. NBA.com, their list, they're doing like their ladder every day. NBA.com, leaning into the finals MVP discussion after three games. They have Jalen Brown, number one. Steph Curry, number two, Tatum, third. And then they have Clay Thompson, fourth, and Marcus Smart, fifth. And I guess, Lee, at a certain point, it's like, who cares who's three and four? Mm. Or sorry, uh, four and five, I should say, in, in their ladder. But I think that's, I think even that's a reach. I think it's Curry, and then I think it's four other Celtics before any other Warriors player. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Clay's had one good game in a loss. Uh, so yeah. that, that's, that's the only reason he's a name. Uh, obviously, Draymond has been uh, stinking it up as well, so there's there's no chance of him winning it. Um, oh, look, I, look, if they rattle off three straight wins and he's awesome, uh, yeah, you could steal it. But uh, this is going to be Steph's if the Warriors manage to come back and pull it off. All right, next question here, because we talk a lot about finals MVP. Let's flip it on its head. Tass, what's a, what's a final storyline that's being overlooked uh, in your opinion? Here's a bit of a cute stat for you. It doesn't really mean much. A cute but- stat. Uh, but the Warriors' Andre Iguodala has now played in seven finals, which is one more than Clay, Dre, and Steph, because he snuck one in with the Heat mm. in the bubble. <laughs> uh, and that's the most of anyone in NBA history that didn't play for the Lakers or the Celtics. Wow. Wow. Super cute. <laughs> that's a cutie. That's a cutie it's, right there. That doesn't really what are you, mean cute a lot. Steve over there? <laughs> it, because it's like uh, LeBron had eight straight finals with the Cavs, but then went to go play with the Lakers. Right. So right. you just had to suit up, you know, Robert Ory, Laker. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's just a just a nice little stat there for you. Anyways, it's, it's an Andre Iguodala Hall of Fame resume builder right there i mean uh, it's just it's just a stat from stat muse which i thought was an interesting one (laughs) then people got into what about james jones he just played for the Cavs and went to the finals uh but he didn't play in all those finals he was a bystander i think and that may have been it but i wasn't going into those box scores anyways i think i think just sort of a really uh, a bigger 
uh, overarching, hey, what's what's being overlooked is at the end of this, I, I think what's going to be the, the headline on, on your NBA sports shows, if the Warriors lose, is... Uh, are the are the Warriors too old? Like, can the Warriors uh, get a second guy? Because I think what what I mentioned about the 2015 Cavs and Steph and everybody else, you know, LeBron and everybody else, we think of them having so many weapons, but right now it just ain't happening. Uh, they need Clay or Poole to step up, and you know, the Warriors offseason will be interesting. Uh, I think they'll probably just do it within whoever who cares about what the sports shows say. They're going to try and do it with Kuminga or Moses Moody, or James Wiseman, who's a number two pick that's sitting there that hasn't played yet. They're probably going to do it better within uh, or from within. But I think that'll be sort of the the overarching, these Warriors are done type of headline. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they, they need, first of all, they need better defense. They won game two by playing great defense and, and, and Clay and Poole not being monsters. That is the thing that's going to help them win. But Clay is, as he, as, we saw in game three feeling better and could help on the offensive end here going forward. And he's determined. He says he's going to help. He said, quote, we just need to help Steph in general. He's been incredible in this series. I think we'll come correct in game four. So uh, we'll see if the Warriors come correct tonight. We'll see. Uh, Lee, same question. Overlooked final storyline. And is it Possibly that Draymond Green is podcasting during the NBA Finals. <laughs> well, that, that's maybe the most uh, talked about storyline, oh. uh, certainly because Draymond uh, has been potting post-game. But uh, there was a tweet going around there from Sam uh, F. Strandani, I believe I pronounced that right, uh, <laughs> saying, you know, like, look, Michael Jordan went gambling. Dennis Rodman went to Vegas during the Finals. Remember, he turned up to practice in his pajamas. Uh, one day we saw that he on was the last wrestling end. during the finals. Yeah, yep. so I mean Draymond's there, uh, you know, and he's getting his uh, podcasting in. So it's not really anything, uh, anything bad. I mean, but the thing is, when you are losing, it's such an easy target then to say, look, you know, you're concentrating on your on your podcast rather than your NBA game. Um, so that is certainly a, a big storyline. But Draymond's also, I think, you know, the sort of guy who's like, listen, I'm not, I'm not stopping that just because everyone's saying that. He knows he hasn't been playing well. He's acknowledged that. You know, he said, I played like shit in the press conference there, sitting next to his son, I think it was, uh, there <laughs> after game three. Um, so, you know, it's not really uh, an overlooked storyline, but it's, it's a major storyline that Draymond hasn't really had any significant impact. And his inability to shoot the ball is really starting to to hurt his team because the Celtics are just not afraid at all of him shooting, uh, and he's you know can't get anything going from the three point line or the free throw line. He's five for ten from there, so he's not really impacting the game on the offensive end at all. Because as we talked about a lot, the what the the Celtics are kind of ready for the, the they he know they know he's they're looking for Steph or Clay to shoot the ball, and so they're like, all right, we're just going to have our defensive focus on those guys, and that's uh, standing out. I think another thing is. Remember coming into this series, we weren't sure about the health of like Robert Williams, Marcus Smart seemed injured, Jason Tatum's been carrying his shoulder, almost like the first possession of the game, he seems to be yeah, always that, yeah. grabbing it. Um, but really, that hasn't been a factor. And Robert Williams, I mean, I'm not sure, he always seems to be sort of a day-to-day kind of guy, but when he's been out on the court, I think he's been very, very effective. He's had uh, he's averaging three and a half blocks a game so far. Well, he's had 10 in the three games there. He's had some steals, and it just like it just feels like him being there has really uh, closed the paint for the Warriors. Every single oh, yeah. time anyone drives in there, he's competing, he's contesting, he's getting his arms up, 
blocking shots, deflecting shots, or certainly deterring guys from shooting. So he's had a pretty significant impact, even though, um, you know, he only played 14 minutes there in the loss in game two, but in the wins, 24 minutes, 26 minutes, and he's at eight blocks and 16 rebounds in those two games. So uh, he's been very, very good for a guy who we like, we're not sure if we're ever going to, you know, if he's going to be able to play in any of these games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge part of this finals, I think, too. We get obviously caught up in the superstars in like Brown and Tatum and Curry, but the Celtics, Trey, have had the three best big men in this series. Like, easily, I would say, in uh, Robert Williams, Horford uh, with that monster game one. He's been pretty solid for the rest of it. And then even Grant Williams is, like, turning it on. And it just really says, like, how bad Draymond and Looney have been for the Warriors. Yeah, Looney hasn't had the impact that he had in the previous two series against Memphis and against Dallas. Uh, a lot of it is because this, uh, the Warriors have had to play two big men against the Celtics for a long time because that's their best defensive lineup. And Kerr loves to lean defense. But that really strangles your offense a little bit. So to me, it's maybe a little bit of an overlooked storyline because of the podcasting. Like people want to focus on the podcasting. Literally, who cares? You can talk on a Twitch stream for half an hour after a game. Would you like are people wanting Draymond? It'd be better if he goes out and parties. It's ridiculous <laughs> stuff that people care at all, in my opinion. They're focusing on that rather than the fact that he's not playing well. Like he looks older than Clay Thompson does. And Clay was the guy we were worried about coming into this series, where you assume Draymond's gonna be there captaining the defense for the Warriors and wreaking havoc. Like, it's pretty weird now to hear Taft saying that the Warriors put their best defender, Andrew Wiggins, on Jason Tatum. Draymond Green is a Hall of Fame defender. The guy's a multiple-time defensive player of the year, one of the all-time greats, and he's just not having the impact that you expect from Draymond Green. He did a little bit uh, when they switched him on uh, to Jalen Brown in Game 2. Jalen got really hot at the beginning of Game 2 hit three shots in the first three minutes of the game and then kind of was turned off a little bit after there was, you know, maybe having a tough time adjusting to the defensive pressure Draymond was bringing, but then figured it out uh, for game three in time. And he was just dusting Draymond off the dribble. So yeah. maybe uh, I remember during last season, during during the season when Steph missed a whole bunch of time, people were saying, has Draymond fallen off a little bit here? But then obviously Steph came back. He got in a little bit better shape. He was re-engaged again, and it was back to the good Draymond Green. He has not looked like the good Draymond Green in the finals, and people are more concerned with if he's giving away secrets in his podcast than rather what he's actually doing on the court, which surely the Celtics care more about. You know, I think they're trusting their eyes more than listening to Draymond's podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One funny thing that Draymond said on his podcast, which does make sense, the chants coming from the Celtics fans are F you Draymond F you Draymond. And he said, my name doesn't work for that mm. chant. It has to be <laughs> one syllable. F you Steph F you clay that works. But the Draymond because it's two syllables, they should be changing to F you Draymond. That's what it should be. It was a good point. Good point on his podcast. That's why I tune in. But he did also say about his podcast uh, on the athletic Following uh, following everything that happened, Sam Amick went up to him and, and asked him, you know, what about your podcasting? Why, why do you podcast? And he said, as a veteran podcaster would say, he said, it's more an obligation than a want. He said he built an audience, built an audience, and now he has to fulfill his promise after every game. It reminds me of Andrew Schlecht doing Down to Dunk (laughs) every Friday at 6 a.m. for 11 years, right? You built an audience, 
And maybe you don't want to do it every Friday, Andrew, but you do it, right? You just do it, just like us. We're there. Maybe we don't want to. Nah, we do. We do want to. But you, you got to fulfill your duties, and that's what he's doing. That was, that was interesting. He's building a business. He called it a business. He's building a business. He's not just doing it just for screwing around. Well, yeah, I mean, he's committed to the business. He's growing the brand. He's, he said he's doing great numbers, too, uh, on the podcast. So uh, shout out to Draymond and But, but team, after though. every interview uh, during media availability, if somebody mentions the podcast, he says, hey, thank you for mentioning the podcast. I appreciate that. Helps the numbers. Oh, that's very, very I, uh, kind. I think an interesting take on this whole Draymond podcasting uh, during the finals uh, was from Kelly Dwyer I saw this morning in his uh, in his newsletter. And like, and like agreeing with Trey, he's like, you know, I don't care if he goes in podcasts and that's not really having any effect on how he's playing. It's not like he's like less dedicated to uh, obviously playing well out on the court. But a fascinating angle is like, you were bringing up the tweet there, Lee, about Jordan, you know, gambling or playing golf or Rodman doing his crazy antics. Those are not basketball related. And Dwyer is wondering, and again, this is just sort of like his theory. Like, I think he said... He wondered if Draymond Green has tendinitis of the takes uh, because he's just like a little too in his head now. Like you got this idea that maybe players need to forget a little bit or need to like take a step back and like let it go, let the game go, let the whatever just happen go. And like Draymond does the opposite. He like jumps, gets into his hotel room like you guys and then fires up a podcast and like dissects it and talks about it. It's like, wow, would it actually do him? Do him well to to take a podcast off or two. I don't know. I think it's an interesting angle to it. I mean, mm. uh, or thought, I guess. I had never really um, uh, put some thought into. But yeah, tendonitis of the takes is a, is a uh, great line. That's a great line. It's a great line. I'm it's still trying line. to figure out exactly what it means, but it sounds great. So uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to steal that and uh, incorporate it at some point. But uh, look, I think for Draymond, maybe it's some way therapeutic for him because uh, he can then go there and speak freely and speak openly and say whatever the hell he wants to say because often in a press conference, you know, especially after a loss in the playoffs, a lot of guys are a bit tense. They, they, you know, there's a little bit of tension there sometimes with the media, some of the questions they get asked. So maybe Draymond just likes the freedom it allows him to uh, to express himself. I, look, I, honestly, he likes to talk. He loves to talk, <laughs> yeah. and so that's I the mean, thing. That's and that's why that, that's why that's honestly why we should encourage him because I think it's great content. I think he's right. also like, listen, he wants to say things the way he wants to say. He knows he's going to get this sort of criticism, especially again they're losing. He's playing badly. But he's out there still doing something else. And again, if he's out there getting drunk and falling out of nightclubs at three in the morning after a loss, imagine then what people would be saying about right. him. Instead, he's like, listen, man, I just got to go home, fire up the stream yard, get off a few of my uh, takes, and uh, and then I feel better. I mean, so honestly, we should encourage him. And, and this is not the reason the Warriors are losing or he's playing bad, playing badly. I mean, it's, uh, right. it's, just, it's just it's there. It's like, great, we can hammer home that uh, when you're playing badly because that's such an easy option to take. He he could really benefit from having a good game for tonight, though. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Podcast or no podcast, uh, he needs to like be dominant and like you know he got a lot of the accolades after game two, or at least setting the tone. I think we probably went a little overboard with how amazing he was in that game, but uh, he sure would uh, help them out if he could you mm. know facilitate and score and get back to being a defensive player of the year, at least uh, shutting down uh, one or two of the Celtics players attacking him because he hasn't really been not that great on that end either, like Trey said. So. We'll see. Uh, let's talk about game four tonight. Uh, you guys are going to be 
I assume same seed. Mm-hmm. So you, you're still up in the uh, in the nosebleeds. You guys were on the court though yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Trey Kirby's uh, touched parquet you know, yesterday. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Yeah, feet uh, on the floor. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild to actually see the court and be like, wow. They weren't lying. There's gigantic bolts all over the place here. Wow. wow. <laughs> this thing looks like it was built 60 years ago, uh, but they got a pretty nice ceiling as well there at the TD Garden. Lots of banners hanging, <laughs> mm. as it turns out. Oh, well, good. Mm. Yeah, you guys have been now, now down on the floor yeah. and up in the rafters. Uh, did you shoot around, Lee, at all? Did you get a shot up? I didn't see any video of it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all... You got told not to. I didn't get told not to. I just sort of said... I read the room. I read the room and I thought, uh, it's probably best not to just start firing away here uh, when uh, there's a lot of cameras, a lot of media, a lot of NBA people there. But there was the thing is, it was so tempting because there was a whole rack of basketballs there. Oh. And I'm like, I mean... What do they? What do they expect to happen here? You know, they put me on a basketball court with basketballs. Surely, they're allowed to get at least one or two up there, but uh, unfortunately, not. And then uh, we, were, we were waiting for Warriors practice, and they said, uh, "They said actually, Warriors not practicing today." So and I was like, "So the court's free? I can get some shots up?" <laughs> Little joke there with the NBA people in LA. <laughs> get off. <laughs> oh, well. Way to show some restraint, Lee. I can't believe you oh, take at tough. least one, yeah. one free throw. I didn't even get a dribble in. I was like, I just don't want to dribble. You know, that ball makes a noise. Everyone's going to look around. What's that guy dribbling for? Like, I had to let it go. It was the first time I'd ever seen Lee touch a basketball without dribbling it, or wow. do it, or even <laughs> doing like a test wow, the release soda that. shot. He did. Jeez. He just touched it. He like moved it around a little bit so that the Wilson would be facing the right way. <laughs> he took a photo. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course he yeah. took a photo. Come on, come yeah. on. We got to see it again in twenty years from now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Ah, well. Anyway, um, the the question was going to be, uh, and we'll start with you, Lee. Mm. Is what is something you're watching for in Game Four tonight? Is there a Warriors adjustment specifically? Someone else playing more minutes than you than uh, they did in Game Three or in the series? What do you think? Uh, I mean that, that's a that's a tough question there for Steve Kerr because remember back to early in the playoffs he had the PTSD uh, lineup out there but I simply don't think he goes with that one tonight uh, which would in- mean inserting Jordan Poole into the starting lineup the reason I don't think he goes for that is because I think it would just expose them on the defensive end so I, I think he stays with Looney and Draymond and Clay and Andrew and Steph and I think he just thinks listen we have to get someone else getting some points early on whether or not that's Wiggins Clay again as we've mentioned got off to a better to start there but I think as well Draymond you know he does a lot of that sort of fake handoff we've seen a couple of times where he does that and he runs in and scores maybe it's something as simple as that just to create a, a different look a different uh, possession for the Warriors that the, the the Celtics go oh actually we might have to defend something differently tonight but look the big storyline coming into this series was the third quarter Warriors and how the Celtics would respond well in the three games so far the Celtics have been outscored by 43 points in those third quarters. But the good thing is for the uh, Boston Celtics is in the fourth quarters, they've outscored the Warriors by 40 points. So they've been able to basically uh, you know, rise to that challenge of like, okay, you guys have the third quarter, but we're going to have the fourth quarter. So what will happen in that, uh, in that sense tonight? Because game three, it was much closer in that third quarter, but still the Warriors won it, even though uh, you know the Boston Celtics came back to win the game. But that's going to be interesting to see now if the Celtics can even get better in that third quarter and not give up a, a huge advantage here. And, uh, and if they can do that, then they could find themselves in a very, very strong position. Also, another statistic, not all that cute. It's been out there a lot there, but the Celtics haven't been brilliant at home in the playoffs. 
and the Warriors always win on the road. So tonight, that's, that's true. That's that's set up tonight for one of those things to happen. Whether or not that stays uh, true that the Warriors win on the road, or if the Celtics say, "Okay, we are not losing at home this time. We're going to go out there and try to really hammer home our advantage and uh, and take a three-one lead." Yeah. So not, not a cute stat though. Nah, it's not that cute. Just no. ugly stat, yeah. but I love it. I got a handsome <laughs> stat for you. Okay. Yeah, pretty handsome. Seven for nine. You know what that is? No. Otto Porter the, from oh, no. three mm. in the finals. Wow. We should see more Otto Porter, I think. The Warriors have been pretty solid when he's on the court. He's shooting the ball well, and he's like their one in-between guy that I feel like Kerr is confident with playing. Like Kaminga would be a cool adjustment. It would be awesome to see him get some serious run in the finals, but it doesn't seem very likely in a crucial game four from the Warriors. But the Warriors have done pretty well when Otto Porter's been on the court. He was a part of that huge third quarter when they went to a lineup that was basically Steph, Wiggins, uh, Looney or Draymond, one of the two, then Porter and Gary Payton. It's like their best defensive unit. Curry just went pick and roll mode the entire time in the third quarter and really just lit up the Celtics. And that was almost when the Warriors offense looked the best. Also didn't look like the Warriors offense because you don't see that much pick and roll from Curry. They love the ball movement, but the Celtics switching has been kind of taking that away. And, you know, Clay outside of game three hasn't really been able to capitalize on it. Poole hasn't been able to capitalize on it, but wide open catch and shoots. Otto Porter's been knocking him down. If he's able to give you a little bit more than he's been playing, you know, basically 15 to 20 minutes a night, that could be a nice place where the Warriors see a little bit of a change. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if they start him. The Warriors are pretty traditional with keeping their starting lineup the same, especially in this playoffs. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Porter get a lot more run and a lot more one big, one medium kind of lineups for the yep. for uh, for Golden State. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, what about you, Tass? What are you watching for? Well, one adjustment from the production trucks, from the TVs, turn up the volume of the crowd because it's not coming through on the television set that the Celtics fans are loud. IMO everybody in the arena, you guys included are saying it could have been the loudest arena I've ever been in, but it's not coming through on the truck you know, on, on the TV. So production trucks, let's get a little more volume, a little more volume. That's all. That's all I'm asking for. I'm, I didn't hear one chant coming through on the TV. Uh, I didn't. I didn't hear enough. Just didn't hear enough. There needs to be more volume. That's but all. You're I watching. Say. Maybe it's because you're watching through League Pass. There. Oh no, you're I'm, getting different uh, different volumes or something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. We'll turn yeah. up the League Pass volume. Nobody watches TV anymore. <laughs> Pop off the volume. Uh, um, also, I think uh, I wonder to get Draymond going. Do you start him on Jalen Brown instead of waiting? It's a risk. Uh, because he could get into foul trouble because Jalen's you know, a much smaller guy. And part of the reason why Draymond, I think, hasn't made as big of an impact in this series is because he doesn't really have anyone to guard one-on-one. Uh, so I, I think that's a question. How big will the Warriors stay? I do think Otto Porter is uh, a, a lock for them to play more because uh, he can board, and that's where they – we're getting killed in game three. They have to rebound. I mean, they have to play better defense. They have to cut off lanes and rotate and uh, not get destroyed on the offensive glass uh, by the Celtics. Celtics, yeah, 15 offensive boards, but they were held They were held uh, decently in, in the first couple of games with seven and six. So there's lots, lots of adjustments to make. Rebound the freaking ball, cut off the lanes, rotate, win some 50-50 balls, uh, and Steph don't give the ball away as much. He had that three-minute stretch in the fourth quarter where he was uh, – he was just having fun out there. It was old Steph tossing it from one sideline to the other, 
in transition and it was intercepted. He had three turnovers in three minutes. Uh, so yeah, those are, those are some things I'm watching for, but how this team gets off, uh, you know, out of the gate, even though you win the first quarter, it doesn't really matter in this series, but I think Draymond's engagement level is, is pretty important right. in uh, Q1. Yeah, we'll see. These are fun questions for everybody in the stream team watching, listening later, you know, your biggest reason why the Celtics are leading, your finals MVP favorites, overlooked storylines here, and uh, what you're watching for tonight in Game 4. We will have an immediate reaction podcast late on a Friday night. Got the Beantown Boys uh, checking in from TD Garden, so uh, make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube and the podcast feed wherever you download and listen to No Dunks. We're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we're going to hit the beach, and we still have Tweet of the Night and Rapid Fire, so don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, back here in the yard, drop podcast on a Friday. If you're joining us live right now on YouTube, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hit that like button and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube because Trey and Lee have been killing it in Boston with the YouTube shorts. These fun little minute videos that you guys have been posting over the last couple days. Um, so yeah, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Just another reason to do that. All right, let's hit the beach, Andrew. <laughs> Yep, little beach stepping. Only place to go to read your emails and your tweets. Keep sending them in. No dunks at theathletic.com. Or you can tweet them in at No Dunks Inc. Or you can leave them in the YouTube comments. All right, first one here. It's from Dave in YYC, but from YYZ. <laughs> Dave from Calgary, but from Toronto. You know, Dave. Uh, hey, fellas. If teams decided to retire numbers for a reason besides a jersey, what are some possibilities that come to mind? For example, the Lakers maybe could retire number 81 to honor Kobe's incredible performance. Again, that's from Dave. It's a fun one, Lee. Um, you know, more creative reasons mm. to retire a particular number related to a player than just the number they wore on their jersey. Anything come to mind? Yeah, well, uh, it, it's funny because this weekend there's a film coming out on the uh, Jeremy Lin game against the Lakers in Madison Square Garden, 38 at the Mecca. So, uh, you know, that whole Lin sanity period was, of course, a crazy time there. But I do think that is the game that probably stands out the most. Uh, you know, we, yeah. he was in the garden there. Uh, I mean, the game winner against the Raptors, of course, was another big one. But... Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but I think... Um, I think if you were, again, to retire it based on not this person's uh, you know, number, I think that's probably the one that Jeremy Lin would get there hanging in the rafters of Madison Square Garden. I mean, I looked at this question as well. Rather than necessarily a number, a, a reason. I mean, this is the Vince Carter, should the Raptors retire his jersey reason because, you know, they obviously, uh, he was fantastic for the franchise, put him on the map there, but they did only win one playoff series with Vince. 
So you're not going to retire number one. I mean, uh, but he's a number How about this? How about half on one jersey and then the other half on another jersey? Little half man, half man. Yeah, okay, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, that's the thing. I mean, what 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 number would you associate with Vince outside of uh, fifteen? I mean, there's not really fifty. <laughs> fifty Tough or contest. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But um, yeah, that my Jeremy Lim's my uh, primary answer yeah, there. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Tass? You got anything? Oh yeah. How about yeah. retiring uh, number ten in Milwaukee? To remember what fans were chanting at Yanis when he was at the free throw line in the 2022 playoffs. <laughs> wow. Now, it wouldn't just be a number 10, though. It would be, if you're looking at the banner, top row would be 1, 2, 3, second row 4, 5, right. 6, third row 7, 8, 9, and then the bottom, a huge 10 exclamation point. And then a ring on the banner, 22 playoffs on the banner. Uh, I like that idea. I think okay. it's a great one. What about you, Trey? Well, this is a great question because here's a little teaser. We got a video coming out a little bit later today. Lee trying to name the player of every Boston Celtics retired uniform. They've got a ton of them. I think I got 24 numbers or names up there. There's a Lasky up there. They'll throw a name. Who cares? (laughs) So maybe you can throw a name up there. So stay tuned for that on our YouTube channel. I see a lot of people suggesting that the Cavs should retire number 31. 3-1. 3-1. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I can also see the Warriors at the end of Steph Curry's career retiring whatever number of three-pointers he ends oh. up hitting. Currently yeah. at 31-17. You know, they had the big jersey presentation with Reggie Miller, with Ray Allen all there, holding the jersey with his n- number at the time on it. So maybe at the end of his career, who knows, he hits 5,500. Throw that up there. I mean, that was kind of the hallmark of this era of the Warriors and completely changed the game. So I could see that happening. Oh, I like that one. Uh, Tass, you're the baseball guy here, so I got a question for you. In Is it called Camden Yards, where the Orioles play? Mm-hmm. Is it still called that? Yeah. Um, do they have still that number, like the Cal Ripken number of games played up that they had for the longest time? Like when so. he set the record, it was like 2,131, I think, or something like that. Uh, but did they keep it going, and does it still stay up there, I guess is the question. Do you know? Who would think so? Yeah, yeah. So if they did that or continue to do that with uh, the Iron Man of baseball, let's do it for the NBA too. Um, Mikhail Bridges, I believe, is the current I think so, yeah. he hasn't NBA missed Iron Man. Yeah, he's never missed a game in his career. He's only played like four years, but uh, he's probably over 300 games at this point. Yeah, so just, yeah. uh, you know, as long as the streak keeps going, just keep updating it. Just a little ticker there. Uh, so you want an active the current, the current, the current yeah, Ironman. You want him to yeah. throw up a 317, and then when he misses a game, oh, I got to take down the banner? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Or if you want to go, like, who's the all-time? Is it AC Green? I think Green? it's AC so, Green, I think yeah. So, yeah. Okay, well, then give AC Green. Oh, that one, that would make sense, yeah. Yeah, sure. Whatever he got up to, 900 or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah what's yeah. the over-under? He wants to the over-under at 900? <laughs> For for easy, for easy yeah. Yeah. I think it's over, actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll say over two. I'll say 9.35. I was going to say 9.17. Under. Under. Eight something. Way yeah. over. 11.92 consecutive wow. games. Put the banner up. Let's oh go. God. Print it. Wow. Wait, that was Days Without Having Sex, or that was... Uh, oh, he's way yeah. over 1,100 <laughs> on that one, buddy. <laughs> he needs two banners to, to put all the numbers on that. <laughs> days. Obvious joke, didn't they? Uh, all right. So, fun question for everybody. Let's uh, let's hear your answers on that one. What do you got, Tess? Hey, guys. I'm a proud owner of a no-dunks 
Grizz jersey, size L. Thank you for telling us your size. NFT number five of 34. I got it today and it's amazing. Even though I had to pay a lot to get it into the Czech Republic. I got hit hard with the shipping, both the US and Czech VAT and customs, but still worth it. What is something you paid a lot for, but it was money well spent. Keep up the great work. That's from Andrew in the Czech Republic. And we do have a photo of Andrew rocking it uh, with his, oh, look at that jersey. Looks look at incredible. That jersey. And I think our first email from the Czech Republic ever, oh, wow. uh, which is which is pretty, pretty cool. So You've heard of Andrew uh, Schlecht. Now you've been Andrew Checked. Checked. Oh, <laughs> oh boom. It's been really Yeri Welsh. I think he was from the Czech Republic. <laughs> yeah, let me check uh, let me check. <laughs> Where was Jan Vesely? Uh, Jan Vesely was Czech as well. Who knew? Mm. Uh, anyways, Trey, what's uh, something you know you paid a lot for, but it was money well spent? Uh, Thirty-six dollars on a lobster roll earlier this week. <laughs> Make it seventy-two for uh, two lobster rolls. Was it worth it? Yes, for the content. One hundred percent for the content. Was it worth it as a thirty-six dollar sandwich? <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> Lee, what do you think? <laughs> I'm still not sure if it was a sandwich or a roll because they sell them as lobster rolls. So, That's a good uh, point. you know, uh, yeah, look, though, that it was worth it. I, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised with just how much lobster we got in there. Uh, yeah, I, lobster. I've, I've experienced good. other lobster rolls. That, that's why I made the $113 uh, remark last week because I've, I've bought like lobster rolls for 20 bucks that are like this big, tiny, and uh, they've got a little bit of lobster in there. But uh, Neptune's, man, they don't skimp on it. They load you up with lob. We were the blob yeah, yeah, they do. They, lo- yeah. they loaded us up. My other answer was going to be concert tickets. Like concert tickets, I think, in the first place are expensive. And for me, when they come out, I'm like, I'm going to get as many as I can. I'll be able to get a friend to come with me. I'll be able to sell these at the time. Then, the, you know, the time comes. One friend comes. You're holding three tickets. You got to sell them for a 75% discount on StubHub, which then just raises the price of your ticket. But sometimes it's still worth it for the experience, you know? Maybe you're paying 2x, 3x what you should have paid. At least you got the vibes. So expensive. Every time I see a list of people coming to Atlanta, I go and check every single one. I go check the ticket availability. They're all crazy expensive, it feels (laughs) like. But would, would it be worth it? Probably. Yeah, usually, Probably. usually, usually, yeah. you if you go and you spend a bunch of money, gen, I mean, generally you're not leaving going, oh my god, that wasn't worth it. I mean, there's the audience, since I'm sure, but most of the time you're like, that was awesome. I paid twice what I just paid for that. Even going to see a live podcast these days, wow. it's like going to see a concert. It's a lot of dope. What was the last live podcast you've seen? Have you ever seen a live podcast besides our own? <laughs> yeah, of course. Would you besides I, our own? I saw the. Uh, I've never seen our own. I saw uh, Jake from Jake and Amir. He's got that Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I wouldn't watch that live just to support him. It was actually entertaining. I didn't know what was going on, but uh, it was funny. They're great. Yeah. Uh, My answer for this, something you've paid a lot for, but it was money well spent. I I can't believe I'm going to say this. And this is not an ad. They're not paying us anything. But uh, get a good vacuum and you will will not regret it. And look, you're going to pay some money, but the Dyson, man, the Cyclone, the V10 animal vacuum, it's uh, it's legit. Especially if you have a dog. I mean, you got some hair uh, in your home. <laughs> this thing. It's engineered, apparently, for homes and pets. It's like, it's like, it's like 550 bucks. Like, I would never have paid that. 
And we gotta like I like using the vacuum. It's, it's that awesome. Incredible. Yeah, it's, it's like they so took, amazing. They took the joy and the convenience and the ease and the straight suction power of a <laughs> dust buster, but made it for the whole house. Right, you're totally. not just cleaning up popcorn holes or honey nut Cheerios. You can use this on everything. We love Dyson so much in our house. We've got an upstairs Dyson and a downstairs Dyson. Oh my god! It's a wow. This thing sucks in a good way. It's, yeah. it's, and, oh, just the ease of being able to like uh, empty it too, like in the, it's so in the nice. trash bin. Hold it's on. Lee's, Lee's got a joke. Lee's got a joke ready. <laughs> a man's got to have a vacuum cleaner. I could feel it. I could sure. feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing uh, I, paid, I paid for it and I didn't really like it at first is having pest control services available at all times. Now, I don't like it for, quote unquote, bugs, interior bugs. I don't mind going, grabbing a shoe, grabbing a sandal yeah. and smashing a bug every once yeah. in a while. But to have them on speed dial is nice because yesterday after the show, got a text from somebody in our neighborhood saying, there is a snake on my front porch Eating a squirrel right now. Oh, wow. Jeez. What? It's a big snake. Yeah. Yeah. And so Danielle and I, I shout to Danielle. She's home. I say, did you see that text? It's it's literally our direct neighbor. And so we go out. We go out. And now if you're squeamish, turn away. Because uh -oh. on YouTube, uh -oh. I'm, I'm going uh -oh. oh, to show a photo. Close your eyes. All right. uh, I'm going to show a photo of a snake consuming oh, a squirrel. Now, you know, it's it's not live action, but it's like this oh, wow. This yeah. a snake uh, his his mouth is on the squirrel's head. Now, he strangled it to death, yep. crushed the spine of the squirrel and uh yeah, he's he's literally trying to consume the whole thing. That's uh... And then then there was a whole discussion in the neighborhood chat saying, "Oh, that's a black rat snake. It's not poisonous mm. and it's good for varmints." It gets your mice, it gets so. your rats, uh, but the poor squirrel and people who have small dogs were worried, uh, you know, because that, that squirrel was crushed. But anyways, I like the idea of a pest control ready to grab a stick and just push a snake uh, away from your house. It's very nice. So you have pest control on speed dial. You did say that, right? What's that? You have pest control on speed dial? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's, that's what people say these days. Wow. I mean, I don't. I have to search for the number. Speed dial. Wow. <laughs> speed dial. What is speed dial anymore? But you pay. Let me see. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm opening my phone. I'm going to hold one, see what it calls. Okay. Uh, voicemail. That's what it does. But Two. you pay a lot. Two of, doesn't do crap. You pay a lot of money, I guess, for this service. But you like it. Is yeah. What well, I mean, it doesn't do a lot, but <laughs> it's it's a yeah. It's just it's security. It's yeah. security. Security. Yeah, that was. <laughs> a, right. I saw somebody in the stream team say that is metal. That is a, a metal mm. picture to just get in yeah. your neighborhood. That's like something you see on Animal Planet. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I get excited when we see a snake in our backyard, but they're like <laughs> twelve inches long. You know, right. a centimeter thick or something like that. I don't know if I would be excited to see a rat snake just snacking on a squirrel but you know we got a lot no. of them in our backyard if the, if you want to bring one over <laughs> got you on speed dial hey bring the snake <laughs>
<laughs> Lee, do you have an answer for uh, this? Well, not anything as cool as that. I was just going to say it's no. really my big green egg because, you know, I went in to buy just a grill plate for the old Weber and I walked out with a uh, $1,500 uh, green egg. So, uh, but it's been worth it. It's been great, you know, cooking the pizzas and things like that on there for the boys. But, uh, yeah, haven't regretted that purchase. So, uh that's that's my answer, but yeah, I haven't cooked any snake on there or, or any squirrel. So. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Still time. Uh, next one. Hey, champs. How awkward would it be if the Warriors win it all and are prepared to celebrate with champagne in the locker room only to remember that Kaminga and Moody are under the age of 21? Would they have to celebrate with zero alcohol replacement beverages or soda or even milk? <laughs> this is a fascinating question is from tyler in brisbane uh australia there and uh out on the coast of uh queensland uh tass what, what do you think from tyler's question here what, is, what are they doing in this situation well it's a good question tyler i know al horford is going to down chocolate milk as soon as they win the championship if they do and he's an old man at 36 because mm. this is from a recent article on the athletic about horford's journey Quote, Al's sister Maria began to talk about the journey to the finals and her brother's future. His dad, Tito, knocked on a glass partition to get our attention. In his hand, he offered the Horford family's secret to health and wellness, a carton of chocolate milk. Horford doesn't do many ads, but he is known as a spokesperson for chocolate milk. It's a Horford family staple. We just all fucking love chocolate milk, Maria said. That's Al's idea of a stiff drink at the end of the day, Anna added. He doesn't like beer or wine. He'll occasionally have a glass of wine, but he's not big on liquor or stuff. So chocolate milk at the end of the day is what gets it done. Um, Jared Weiss with a, a great article there on The Athletic, getting to know the Horford family. And it ended... With a glass of chocolate milk for everybody, or a carton of chocolate milk, I guess. And that's probably what they'll have in the Celtics locker room, being handed out to everybody, everybody drinking champagne. But Al's just there pushing cartons of chocolate milk oh, on wow. everybody. Doesn't Clay Thompson love chocolate no, milk, too? Yeah, to yeah. Chocolate yeah. milk finals. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. All right. I hope they have chocolate milk in the locker room afterwards. <laughs> just pouring chocolate milk all over each other. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh my we God. just love chocolate milk. The whole family. <laughs> uh, Lee, this can't be. I mean, if the Warriors you know, come back and win, this wouldn't be the first time we've had under 21 year olds in the locker room right on a championship team like, there's got to be so, i mean andrew Bynum, what was he when they won in oh uh, no he was uh, yeah i can't think of it um a, a young player like that but one way they can sort of get around this non-alcohol thing is to drink kombucha because uh it's technically alcohol free but as it ferments it sort of creates an alcohol content in there so they would have to drink literally like thousands and thousands of gallons of it to get drunk but in a way you know they could do it without necessarily drinking the beer or the champagne or the wine so if that's what they're into i don't think that i don't i don't think anyone's going <laughs> just bring it wheel in a crate of kombucha for me boys i'm getting hammered tonight <laughs> <laughs> like uh i just checked i think tony parker was 20 years old when uh the spurs won and you know oh three right Taylor horton tucker for the lakers yeah, 2020 yeah. bubble 
Um, Maybe the rules the are different in the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's you true. can get away with anything in Disney World. Yeah. Something tells me the rules are different when you win a championship. No matter how old you are, yeah. you can have a, a glass of champagne or a beer or something. That's uh, yeah. that's my gut reaction to it. Darko yeah, Milicic, too. Yeah, nice one by Andrew. Darko, good one. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, look, international players that we're naming here, like oh. Parker and Darko, they're drinking when they're like 13 yeah. and 12. I mean, Tony yeah. Parker from France, he was having wine and taking it to school in his uh, school lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Not chocolate, chocolate milk. Right? No. <laughs> I hate chocolate milk. <laughs> no. no. Uh, great stuff, though, Tyler. Uh, Tess, we got one more, though, I think. What's up, No Dunks? Or as my mom calls you, the basketball guys. Uh, the other day, I didn't have time to finish my daily No Dunks YouTube watch, so I saved it for the next one. The class I teach was doing some light work, so I asked if they wanted me to put a basketball podcast on the projector slash speakers. They said sure, and we proceeded to watch the last third-ish of Wednesday's pod. I had already listened to your deep finals analysis, so during the time we listened in class, you guys discussed ba- or baseball, cricket, a bunch of movie franchises... And Paramount Plus. Uh, There was basically no basketball mention and Skeets dropped two F-bombs. 10 of 10 educational experience for my students. It resulted in one of them explaining the rules of cricket to the rest of us and me explaining the plot of severance to them. I just wanted to thank you for providing some entertainment as we get toward the end of the school year and basketball season. And while I'm here, maybe you guys could hand out some end of year NBA yearbook superlatives. Thanks for all the entertainment. Turnips served with fries blossom. That's from Allison, a teacher in Florida. Wow. That's that's ballsy. Putting on the podcast yeah. <laughs> to the class. I respect it. Love it. But uh, Things yeah, get wild second, at the end of a second half. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, apologies for the F-bombs. But I guess uh, you said it was a 10 out of 10 learning experience, so. And we did talk about some random things there. And cricket got talked about, Lee. Yeah. So that's great. Uh, great to know there was obviously a, uh, a student of cricket in the class there too who was able to uh, talk to the, the the class about the rules of the many different forms of the game that we have. So uh, I'm sure they found it as entertaining as you guys do when I talk a little cricket there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I like this uh, I like this superlatives idea. We could make that into its own podcast, I would think, mm. Tass. Maybe not today, but uh, that could be something there. Yeah. I definitely wanted to cut that out of the email, but I forgot to because oh. Allison gave us a great idea for something else. And yeah, we talked about last week as well on our Beach Step and Pod about additional awards the NBA could have, uh, you know, some, something that's like, you know, the most entertaining player or that kind of thing. We got another email from Backy that fits into that as well as the superlatives. How about the biggest dog in him award, the BD <laughs> award? Players would love voting on yeah. the biggest dog in him. Yeah. Man's got to have some T- dog in him. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> or the TBN award, that boy nice award. You know, that's there's there's yeah, that's a podcast right there. Yeah, it definitely is. I love it. Well, thank you for the uh, very funny email, Allison. Uh, I love to know that the the future is in good hands mm. with uh, kids uh, listening to the podcast here. How old are these kids? I guess that wasn't <laughs> mentioned. Yeah, it wasn't mentioned. I mean, were they? High school kids, I would assume. Uh, I like to I like to think fourteen plus. I think this is a PG thirteen rated podcast in general. Yeah, I think you're right. I yeah. think you're right. <laughs> uh, great stuff. Keep your questions coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc or drop them in the YouTube comments. We're gonna take one more break, but we're not done here with this Friday drop. No, we got tweet of the night and we got rapid fire. We'll be right back. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. All right, back with No Dunks here. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Trey Kirby, what do you got for us? Oh, pretty simple tweet of the night. We don't even have the tweet part of it, Skeets. It comes from at No Dunks Inc., one of the greatest Twitter follows on all of Twitter. It's just a picture. Me, Lee, and Marty from Broadsheet Str- Broad Coffee in Cambridge, Massachusetts. We went yesterday to go and see the entire facility. Marty's a longtime listener of the show. Back to the TBJ days. And Lee, this was an awesome experience that we had, getting to see their entire operation from green beans (laughs) to brown beans to grinded beans to final product. We got what I would consider literally a masterclass on coffee making. The depth of knowledge that Marty had, like the generosity... And the passion with which he spoke about everything, like, I don't know. We didn't know how long we were going to end up being there. We stayed for two hours because I couldn't stop asking questions <laughs> about all of these various coffees. He let us try this crazy, uh, crazy coffee that's like fermented with peaches. You smell it. it smells like peaches. You taste it. Tastes like peaches. I could not stop <laughs> drinking this stuff. We got oh. done after the two hour, you know, the two hours that we spent chatting with Marty, seeing everything they do. Uh, there's a there's a video you can find on our YouTube page of Lee getting to pull an espresso shot from this ridiculously expensive espresso machine. Marty told us that he had uh, the Tesla of roasters, the Tesla <laughs> of air roasters. We're talking high end stuff here. We're out on the street afterwards. And I'm like, Lee, this would be a great date. Like, this would be an awesome experience. To, like, come with a loved one or somebody you're trying to impress. You're getting to do all this fun stuff. And that's when it dawned on me. I'm like. 
me and Lee Ellis just went on a coffee date. It was so much fun. Uh, brewing and stewing and chatting it up with Marty. So big thanks to him for opening up broadsheet for us. The beans were incredible tasks. We're going to be bringing some uh, back yeah. for you. That's where this hat comes from. Yeah, the like big the blue broadsheet hat here. Went from a tall greenie to a short bluey. Really, really fun times. Uh, so shout out to Marty. Shout out to broadsheet coffee. Lee, where are you going? Oh, he just remembered. Yeah, he's uh, he's, get, he's getting he... some beans, I believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here they are. Yeah, let's see these beans. I can tell you, <laughs> yeah. it was such a it was such an engrossing experience that I was like, even I'm not saying bag of beans this entire time we're here. Let's three let's bags. Go to... This is what's coming back into the factory here, Tassie. So uh, <laughs> can't wait. My goodness me, there was some. Uh, he, he can't wait. Yeah, not you. These are some great ones here. I mean, the the, the most incredible thing about the two hours in the uh, coffee warehouse there is Trey Kirby has become an official coffee snob immediately. He's transformed. <laughs> it's like in Superman 2 where he goes into the chamber and he loses all his power. Instead, Trey's now like, there's no way Trey's not going to be able to come back and just be able to uh, sip coffee. He's going to smell it first. He's going yeah. to do this little stirring thing that we did there yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, no, it was one of the uh, one of the most fun experiences we had here. And, uh, yeah, like Trey was saying, Marty knows absolutely everything about coffee. You think I'm pretentious about my coffee, Skeetsy? Wow. <laughs> I'm now 10 times worse. I'm like, oh, I won't be, I won't even be allowed in a room if they're making like, you know, some uh, instant coffee or anything like that. I'm like, no, get that out. <laughs> I can smell what's wrong with the coffee, not what's good oh, about wow. it. <laughs> mm. okay. Delicious. Um, green coffee beans. Uh, hearing that weirds me out. Uh, but uh, tasty, different taste, right? Well, the, the green beans are before they're getting roasted. You know, yeah. you're, getting, yeah. you're getting your beans shipped fresh. They definitely smell different. Uh, if you're a Q grader like Marty, the sommelier of the coffee world, you're able to tell the different vegetal smells of these green beans, Tess. <laughs> He's like, you're, lit, lit. this one smells like peas. This one smells more like green beans. I was like, mm. they smell like vegetables. I do agree with that, <laughs> but you got to have a solid nose to be able to pick right. up those notes. But uh, it was really great. Uh, I could tell the change in me just from the two coffee orders I've had the past day. <laughs> Yesterday, I ordered a coffee. They brought it out to me. This thing was like a thousand ounces, as big as my head. <laughs> Today, I ordered like the smallest coffee I could find. Mm. I'm doing all of the <laughs> sniffs that Marty's teaching us. I did. Uh, he taught us the way that a Q grader likes to sip their coffee to be able to get, uh, you know, to get the aroma into their nose. It's not, you're not going to be like a gentle sip. You got to get violent. <laughs> you got to get violent in there <laughs> to get some stuff flowing up in your nasal cavities. I know the difference now between fragrance and aroma. I know what the break is. It was really incredible. Wow. All right. Uh, I'm excited. You guys had your uh, little <laughs> coffee date there. And got your dongle yeah. all that together. Uh, <laughs> later, you all fired up. <laughs> no wonder you guys are you guys are talking with some energy today. Now it all makes sense, yeah. too. You guys yeah. are pumped. You got all that coffee yeah. today. Uh, that's awesome. Shout out to Marty for making that happen. And yeah, the, the coffee beans coming back. And you got the merch. And uh, go check the video, like Tess said, of uh, Lee pulling an espresso. At the broadsheet there yesterday. Not bad. <laughs> that was, yeah. that was a, yeah. a great a great tagline after we'd spent an hour and a half there. Lisa, you know, picking out each individual yeah. ground espresso bean. Finally gets it done with this gigantic expensive machine. Not bad. Not bad. That's really yeah. good That'll do. <laughs> Basically the equivalent of that'll do. Yeah, it was great. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. Great tweet tonight. Uh, I, was, I was hoping we would get something uh, from your little excursion there. 
Let's end this drop podcast, though, with some rapid-fire fun. TK, you got the questions. Uh, myself, Tass, and Lee, we got the answers. Let's do it. Yeah, that's exactly right. We talked about it a little bit already, but after the Warriors' Game 3 loss, Draymond Green did a podcast where he said he would not stop podcasting. Win, lose, or draw. Same with no dunks. But, guys, I want to know, what's something you won't stop doing no matter what? Skeets. Well, you guys said a man's got to have a dog. And when a man has a dog, he's got to post photos of that dog. <laughs> and I will never stop posting cute little photos of my Luna Bear sleeping. I'm, I'm going to be blasting these on my IG for the rest of time. Uh, just so damn cute. I can't help it. I've like posted this photo like 10 different times, but they're 10 different photos. It's just, uh, you know, her sleeping up there on the couch all cuddled up. I was going to so, say, uh, did you get a, a new cover on your sofa? <laughs> I feel no, like we just changed color. the we just changed the blanket. We washed oh, okay, the blanket, okay. so it's a little rotation. There's like uh, three or four blankets that find their way up there for her. But uh, yeah, posting photos of my Luna Bear. I won't stop doing it. And you prefer, it seems, uh, a sleeping or a cuddling photo to maybe yeah, a, maybe I mean, an action shot. I mean, uh, I'll post all of them. Yeah. But uh, wait, uh, look how cute she is. Let's put it back on. <laughs> Jesus, it's so damn cute. I do love when a dog smashes its head into something for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, if you don't like uh, that type of content, don't follow me on the social medias because there's a lot of that. Internet's got to have its dogs. That's right. Mm-hmm. Tassie, what you got? Well, I'm going to post a photo of that snake eating a squirrel now, just uh, <laughs> just so I lose some followers, too, because I know nobody's going to like that. There it is. I'm not even putting it up. That's disgusting. Take that oh, down. God, oh, God. Poor squirrel. Uh, all right. Um, something I won't stop doing. Every time I see my wife, Try and slip on a shoe that's a non-slip-on shoe, a.k.a. a shoe with laces. You gotta unlace and lace a shoe, or else you're breaking down the heel cap. You're just breaking it down. You're crushing the heel, and I will say that to her, and then uh, tell her that your shoe won't have the integrity. It won't support your foot anymore, and she'll show me that she can slip past crushing the heel by not you know, putting her weight on the heel. So, you know, it's an argument of bullcrap about semantics. Uh, so she's partially right, I'm partially right, but you don't slip on a non-slip on shoe. Just don't do it. That's not, that's not how the shoe is supposed to be put up. Do you think they should start making shoes with floppy heel caps to make them more slip-onable? Well, that's, I mean, that's a slip-on shoe, <laughs> yeah, Good point. <laughs> yeah, I guess they do make those. They're called yeah, slip-on shoes. Have those, yeah. <laughs> I always think it looks crazy when somebody has just given up on the concept of the heel cap and they're like i'm just gonna smash it down it doesn't exist to me anymore it's the insole of the shoe that looks so uncomfortable yeah just crushing it crush it completely flattened out lee what you got something you'll stop won't stop doing no matter what you know uh we we didn't sort of play basketball there for a couple of years and now we're back we're playing and uh it's just great it sort of reinvigorates you a bit and you're like you you forget how much you miss it and nate jones our friend uh he tweeted recently because he was out shooting around he said, man, I'm going to hoop until I can hoop no more. Until the wheels fall off, I'm going to keep on hooping. I feel exactly the same way, man. Until I can't walk, until I can't move, I'm just going to keep on playing. Uh, it's, just, it's just great. I mean, that's, that's the thing. When you realize just how much you, you enjoy doing something and you miss it, when you get it back, you're like, right, I'm not taking this for granted anymore. I'm going to go out there and play every time I can. So I'll be playing until I'm hopefully 75 at least. Wow. That's a... 
That's a, quite a few more years. <laughs> old. Yeah, I don't. That's like three years from now. <laughs> uh, zingers, love zingers. All right, during a delicious game of Market Price is Right, Lee and I found out that Neptune Oyster Bars lobster rolls go for $36 each. Still debatable if it was worth it, but fellas, what's the most you've ever spent on a sandwich, Skeets? This is a very difficult question, <laughs> but I honestly think, I'm not taking the easy way out here, I think the answer is... The lobster roll from Neptune's Oyster Bar. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably back in 2000, what was it, 11? Yeah. Is that when I was there with you guys? Yeah, yeah 2011. Now, I'm sure it maybe wasn't as much. Maybe the, part, the market price could have been different, but I'm, I'm guessing it was around the same price. Uh, and I can't remember spending $30 plus on any other sandwich over the last, yeah. uh, you know, decade plus, so... I'm going. I'm going with Neptune Oyster Bar's lobster roll. It would be great to be able to pull one of the receipts from that trip to just see what the oh. difference is over the course of 11 years. I mean, we've got a lot of shipping concerns these days. Inflation. What's it yeah. doing to the lobster market out there? Yeah. Only time Please. will tell. Uh, Tass, what about you? you? Ever spent more than $36 on a sandwich? Um, absolutely not. But uh, <laughs> I went to a subway recently. You know. A quaint little subway sandwich shop. You assume you're spending max ten bucks to me. You know? Yeah. But I got I got a tiny sandwich, whatever the small size is called, the small one. And I get to the cashier and it's eleven dollars. And I say, That's a lot. Now I did double up the tuna because <laughs> uh, that's a light one scoop of tuna is not enough tuna. Uh, and the Three person scoops said, is too much tuna. That's too much. Yeah, I was trying to get there, but yeah, uh, eleven bucks just felt like a lot of money for a subway sandwich. <laughs> for yeah. a six-inch subway sandwich. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inflation, as you said, Trey. Uh, you don't have to import. There's no shipping with the tuna. They go. They just go out back <laughs> into the river and get the tuna. Uh, so yeah, eleven bucks felt like a lot. Wait, was that coming with the uh, chips and or cookies? No, and, and no, just wow, a sandwich. Just sandwich. That's okay. Okay, that's too much. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Everything's gone up. Like 20 bucks, probably. That's crazy, man. Yeah. It's like an expensive Subway sandwich. I think an $11 Subway sandwich is less value than a $36 lobster roll, but maybe that's just me. Mm. I don't know. Lee, you ever spent more than 36 on a sandwich? No, I mean, I guess the answer officially is the uh, is the lobster roll, but I did come up with another answer where I got the least value of a sandwich. Uh, it was on one of those flights, Ryanair or EasyJet in Europe where you know you only basically you pay for your seat and that's all you get you got to pay for everything else so they come through the alley and they're like you know you want anything to eat oh yeah sure i'll have a sandwich i took one bite of the sandwich and it was like then put into the uh into the fr uh, seat pocket in front of me because it was just so so disgustingly tasteless uh and because it was on an airplane like that i spent probably 12 dollars on uh one bite and i didn't even swallow that bite it was like oh no thanks <laughs> So, Couldn't even let it touch your intestines. $12 for an unswallowed bite of a sandwich is the uh, least value I've ever got <laughs> of a sandwich. <laughs> Lee, I have a question. Yeah. How much money did you spend on that um, one Subway sandwich that you used for gym equipment? <laughs> <laughs> that's a giant sandwich. Yeah, Shoot yeah, that, that's, that's a hot bobby right there. Yeah. Um, wow, I don't remember were, how much. They were affordable, actually. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, 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 worth it too. I mean, uh, yeah. great, great hot bobby there. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll have to redo that video in a couple of weeks when we're out in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Very possible. Yeah, let's definitely do that. <laughs> what a what a callback! Lifting a hot bobby, people would love it. 
I've still Anyways, got that Leonardo, shirt. But... Oh, go ahead, Lee. <laughs> I've still got that same shirt, so I'll pack that one and we can... Uh... <laughs> nice. Shot for shot remake. Just mm, like you yeah. watching the new Scream. It'll be much the same. Uh, anyways, Lee and I have been here in Boston for a few days now. We can't stop calling the city Beantown. Meanwhile, all of the locals here keep telling us that no one calls it Beantown. Skeets, what's a nickname that you don't like? Uh, well, Lee came up with it yesterday when he said Paul McCartney's nickname is P-Mac. <laughs> I mean, hilarious Photoshop we got out of it, but I don't think we're going to be calling Paul McCartney P-Mac uh, from here on out. So, uh, yeah, I'll go with the most recent uh, weird nickname I've heard. Yeah, that's a pretty I just good wanted one. another reason to show that photo. Yeah. Does Paul McCartney have a nickname? Do they call him Macca or something like that? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> not P-Mac, though. <laughs> no, definitely not P-Mac. Taz, you got a nickname you don't like? Well, personally, for me, some guy when I was young called me Toolbox because he couldn't say uh, Tassos, and I hate that guy. Um, so that one really pisses me off. But uh, it's not that hard. Uh, people, 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 turn, people turn Tassos into tassels, and that's, that's kind of funny. Uh, but toolbox is just annoying. Uh, Luca, Luca Doncic, though, as I've said before, every nickname he has, terrible. The Matador, El Matador, Cool Hand, The Don, Wonder Boy, El Nino Maravilla, Swaggy L, Luca Legend, Too Easy, Luca Magic. Look, like I named ten there, and they're not anywhere close to being as good as Luca. You know what I mean? Yes. So, what about yeah. the donk? Yeah, the, the donk. donk wasn't on. Yeah. Didn't even make yeah. the list. Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> Didn't Very make surprising. The list. I think it's just an ed- it's just a typo because there is the don. <laughs> I forgot the C or the K. If you want to spell it. Uh, what, about, what about you, Lee? Take us home. Yeah, uh, look, I'm just disappointed the Donk hasn't taken off more, really. I mean, I think it's a perfect nickname for him. So uh, I know uh, Maria Taylor used it once on Game Time or on, uh, <laughs> what are they, what is that, uh, Countdown. So I thought, okay, maybe I'm getting some traction here, but but nothing. But uh, no, look, I, I haven't had really too many nicknames over the years, Leroy, Lethal. Uh, I'm fine with those ones. <laughs> Just you casually. You've never mentioned that before. You're trying yeah. to get it to catch on, I think. Yeah, yeah I didn't mind um, that one. You know, I'm a knockdown chief. <laughs> so, so I, I think it's more when when people just uh, really struggle to pronounce my name. Like we got in a, an Uber just yesterday, and it was like a, a league. <laughs> yeah, close enough. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've, I've had that a few times where, uh, yeah, you know, people just really, I don't know, I guess they, they're just used to the LWE version. And yeah. Outside of that, they just don't know how to pronounce it. So I've just more accepted as like, if you get the Lee and then whatever you add to, add on to the rest of it, I'm fine with it. That's just Lee. That's fine. That's all you need to say. <laughs> all right. Well, that's rapid fire. That's the drop podcast. We'll call it there. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. Uh, Trey already teased another video coming your way uh, this afternoon. Tonight, join the No Dunks podcast uh, live on YouTube and then get flipped into a podcast immediately following Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Come hang out in the stream team and weigh in on the game as soon as it's wrapped up. Subscribe to no dunks hit that little notification button so you know when we're going live and get yourself an athletic subscription go to athletic.com slash no dunks andrew my man thank you uh as always for filling in for jd um especially when you had 
a podcast already at 6 a.m. this morning. <laughs> I'm going to have to go listen to that one. Yeah, glad to. Hey, listen to the Slam and Jam. We've got Jake Fisher on oh, nice. tomorrow. Oh, We're talking nice. rumors. We're talking NBA oh, slop dude. rumors. Nice. <laughs> Hold on. I think I saw a tweet that Trey Kirby was also going on Jeff Fisher's podcast. Yeah, that's exactly that right? right. I'm doing that uh, 4 o'clock today. 4 o'clock oh, Eastern. Right. I think I'm going live with Jake Fisher. We had to schedule around your podcast. Oh, <laughs> no. It's a podcast oh. battle here. Uh, Skates, did you say Jeff Fisher as in former Titans <laughs> coach? Jeff Fisher? Is that what I said? <laughs> He's yeah. got a pod? Yeah. yeah. You're going on uh, yeah. with Jeff Fisher. I listen to so many podcasts. I listen to, <laughs> you listen to Jeff Fisher's Jeff podcast. Fisher's, Sicko. Derek Fisher's, man. I listen to them all, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Slam nice. and Jam, make sure you listen to that. Uh, try and catch Trey on uh, uh, Jake, not Jeff Fisher's podcast uh, later today. And again, join us tonight uh, following game four of the NBA finals. And uh, we'll see you on the weekend when we see you. And then we'll see you back in the Classic Factory uh, come Monday. Because I guess the B-Town boys are heading back this week. Mm-hmm. Is that Early tomorrow. That's correct. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you guys enjoy the game tonight. Uh, we will talk to you on the stream a little bit later. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Lee's best nickname is E-Dog. What about that? <laughs> no, I like that one, yeah. <laughs> lethal. Lethal Leroy also works. Brace the day, people.